some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is CJ. And you're listening to a Bonfireside Chat Appendix. How do I forget the third word of the name of the show there for a second? <laughs> bonfireside Something hmm. Appendix. A Going something holler. Something? <laughs> maps. Yeah. <laughs> bonfireside <laughs> Chat Maps. What? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, bonfireside Maps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you sitting yeah. near a bonfire? Yeah. Do not know where you are. <laughs> Try Bonfireside Maps. <laughs> I can guarantee reading one will assert. The fact that you are sitting near a bonfire. It'll only tell you how to get to Burning Man. (laughs) (laughs) Gwen? (laughs) Wait a minute. Is Dark Souls 1 just a huge story about getting to Burning Man? (laughs) Uh, Burning That's possibly the dumbest joke I've ever made. It's really good, though. It's very funny. It's very funny. Oh, man. So, So it's an appendix. It's an mm-hmm. undead, it's a cursed second favorite. Yeah. Yep, yep. And we are taking your responses to lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh primarily Forest of the Falling Giants, but as per usual we have some miscellaneous as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you heard, we are still joined by CJ from the excellent Twin Humanities podcast. Thank you for Hello. sticking around, CJ. I know it's cool. cool. Yeah. Appreciate so, it. So yeah, I'm going to get us started um by going into the errata, uh which is where people uh take us to school. This is the, mm-hmm. this is the woodshed, guys. Um, <laughs> but also just kind of comments as you know, a little bit of follow up as well. I will remind everybody, you know, just not to harp on it continuously, but uh, short and on topic is always the best. We read everything. However, those have the best chance of getting through. However, uh, there was a certain amount of uh, controversy or thought around the sex change casket. Um, and so, you know, a few people wrote in, uh, you know, about that thing on the beach and the things betwixt. So Ian said, you know, I wonder if it's a remnant of a mooted but abandoned return to male and female only armor, as in a way to wear something, uh, you find and like, but have the wrongly shaped wobbly bits for. And of course, uh, (laughs) left in because from thought it was funny. So the idea being... Good. Yeah, that's an amazing point because there's there are lots of armors in Demon Souls mm-hmm. that like I I wanted to wear but couldn't because I was the wrong wobbly bits. Yeah, and uh, being able to switch genders, you know, would have been great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's, that's smart. They, they they also you know in the lead up alluded to the idea that there was that there was the possibility of there being male and female only armor. So yeah, that's smart. Yeah, yeah, very good, Ian. Uh, so you know, John wrote in with another theory uh, on the contact forum saying, "I like to think that the gender swapping coffin uh, is from having a little dig at character creation in other games. So many RPGs make a big deal of how important your specific character is um, to how you experience the game, and devs will hype it up, saying things like, "Well, you have to play the game fifty thousand times to see all the content we've included. Aren't we great for doing all that hard work?" I imagine From's attitude is more like, "What character you build and which model you pick at the beginning is so unimportant." that we can literally swap your gender and it might be hours before you even notice that's that's what happened to uh matt lee's in uh in his first dark souls playthrough uh, he put up a video and he was like uh, oh i went into the uh to the uh the coffin on the beach i didn't do anything um so I, you know i'd so I wandered off and he was in full armor and I, I presume that um if somebody's not looking that closely and uh and you know hasn't hasn't got a face to notice or mm-hmm. or um 
doesn't notice the the change in in walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's quite a quite a nice little uh, little punchline for later on. It was like, <laughs> what? I'm a woman. <laughs> That's why I so often uh, don't wear clothes when I'm lounging around my house because I don't know how often this could happen in real life. And if I'm not kind of doing constant visual surveillance, like I could walk through a doorway and have my genitals <laughs> flippy flop like like nothing. And I'd never know. You, know, you just go to the bathroom and like, well, shit, like this doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you know, so that's why whenever possible, I like to keep my genitals in full sight. Yeah. So. <laughs> Also, Sex Sex Change Casket is the greatest uh, unreleased Spinal Tap album ever. <laughs> is it metal? You can imagine them just lowering. Like, they asked for a massive Sex Change Casket, but it's a little tiny one that lowers onto the stage. <laughs> it's for children, isn't it? Same production designer who did Stonehenge. It's much more uh, glam. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it glam? Sex Change Casket sounds like a like a you know a T Rex single <laughs> more than anything. Oh. So. Uh, mm-hmm. mm. Yeah. So yeah, thank you uh, everybody for your thoughts about Sex Change and caskets. <laughs> um, Bears again says via contact or via comment. Um, you mentioned that you believe the Emerald Herald is the missing firekeeper, but wouldn't that just be the woman you meet in the intro cutscene who basically points you to Drang Lake? Since she looks exactly like the other firekeepers, doesn't this seem more likely than the Emerald Herald being the missing firekeeper? Yes. Um, yeah, well, the, the two, the things that made me think it is one, um, a character later explicitly says she's the firekeeper mm-hmm. who could not be trustworthy. That's totally possible. Um, but two, I don't, and now I actually think a third thing is the missing firekeeper. I don't, I don't think that it's either of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, in New Game Plus, you get invaded by a phantom of, uh, the, um, what is her name? Anastasia. Anastasia, um, who drops the firekeeper's dingy set, mm-hmm. um, in the grave of the saints, which is a grave for saints. Yep. So that's what I actually think is the missing firekeeper. I think that we have a, in the case of the Emerald Herald, I think we have an unreliable narrator in, in Navlin telling you that it's the Emerald Herald. Um, and in case of it being the person from the intro, that just kind of rings false to me because it's not in the same, I mean, I guess it, it makes a sense, but just having this off, off game version of the fourth firekeeper mm-hmm. just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I would more likely to think that is one of the, uh, narrators, you know, like she's kind of narrating stuff that she tells you when you get there over footage of you getting there, mm, but yeah. it's the same people from the, uh, you know, from the, the actual intro. The way that I reconciled that was she wandered out and was funneling people in to Dringlick. Sure. So finding finding the cursed and saying, hey, there's totally this kingdom. But, you know, at, it's applying Occam's razor. I think what you're saying is possibly the, 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 the most correct one. Yeah, I, I still don't totally know. Um, even though, like, that whole idea of funneling kind of based on that, I, you know, what we brought up last episode and the idea of the, uh, the Emerald Herald mm-hmm. specifically funneling people in kind of supports her being being that as well. So and kind of having this place of power uh, yeah. image law. So I'm not totally sure yeah. um which one it is, but it, I yeah. You know. It might kind of depend on who you think the firekeepers are working for. Yeah. Or yeah, what their purpose is more than yeah. like who they're working for. But yeah, like what their actual goal is mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. So not totally sure. It's it's not it's not a bad point though. Right. There's again. Um, yeah, CJ, do you want to read uh, Jeremy's response here? Yeah, uh, uh, Jeremy Greer uh, said via contact, the most frustrating thing about Forest of the Giants for me is sunbrowing. Uh, you'll get summoned by an impotent host and have to figure out if he summoned you for Pursuer or the Giant. Just stay in one spot, you stupid host. <laughs> I get revenge by killing them with the ballista if it turns out to be Pursuer. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's a sneaky monkey, that Jeremy Greer. <laughs> Dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is he EC or not EC? I don't understand. <laughs> when is an EC not an EC, Batman? Yeah. So Jeremy's a jerk, but we knew that. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, is the ballista the only time as a white phantom you can hurt uh, your host? I feel like there's one other like super trolly thing you can do, but like oh, um, I think it's one of the hexes, uh, life patch. I think mm. affects anything, <laughs> so I think it affects the uh, affects allies as well. Okay, life drain patch, which I never got, uh, but because he has a boss soul item, and I just you know never figured that quite out um, how to get it. But right. um, yeah, I think that's the case too. I think it's the other really troll thing you can do as a white phantom. Okay. Oh, yeah. have so, you guys stumbled across that ring that when you're an invader it makes you look like a white phantom? Uh, no, I haven't. What's it called? I may have. I, I may have. It's like, I think it's the white ring. Um, no. Super tricky, though. Like, that's a, what a tricky item that is. That's great. <laughs> I, I found the one that makes you look human, even if you're hollow. But Yeah, that's great, too. Yeah. Like, this, just for fashion souls, because I hate the way hollowing <laughs> looks in this game. Yeah. It just fills me with oh. despair. Um, yeah. Yep. Steve says via contact, after scoffing at the ability to travel to any bonfire I had lit, I entered the forest of fallen giants and began my slow descent into insanity. Stubbornly, I refused to use a human effort effigy to restore my max HP, so I was often being killed in two hits by the uh, by the last giant. The boss wasn't too difficult by Soul Series standards, but my low maximum HP made the fight extremely difficult. I eventually used a human effigy and beat the boss in the next try. I muttered profanity to myself as I turned the game off and prepared for a restless night's sleep. Mm-hmm. So the idea that like people attach shame to various things, whether it's you know I don't want to summon somebody because I you know because it's, it's my honor, damn it. They don't mm-hmm. want to res- you know return to human because it's my honor, damn it. And so like I just love the idea of again being being stripped of those notions. Well, it's also uh, I think that people associate human effigies with a kind of too good to use syndrome. Oh yeah. You know, as well, like, Oh, these are going to be too rare. I just need to save them where I really need them. Do I really need them? But, uh, much like humanities, they only really seem rare on your first playthrough. Right. Like the first playthrough, I, you know, was always kind of hurting for human effigies. Now I generally have a stock of about 20 of them, like at any <laughs> given time. Like once you know where they're at and you're a little better at the game, you'll always have them when you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they, they actually use that, the optional boss, you know, that requires, a human effigy for every run at them. Um, you know, they, if they were that rare, they couldn't do that. Right. So yeah. well, I was like that with, um, even with Estus sort of early mm-hmm. on in the game, I just didn't touch it. I was just cracking through, uh, yeah, me too. Uh, the, even the though, life gems. Yeah. yeah. One of them is a limited resource and the other one isn't, you <laughs> yeah. know, but I would do the same thing. Like, Oh, I should save my Estus. Like, mm-hmm. no, not really. Like <laughs> use your Estus first and then use your life gems because yeah. you may but, just get to the bonfire without having to use your life gems. But I was ignoring uh, Estus to the point as almost that, that, that it was like the, uh, the life gems where it's, uh, I don't know. It was just this sort of sacred thing that, oh, I've only got one of them now. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, um, what is that? The Yahtzee uh, zero punctuation for Dark Souls 2 mentions that, like, Dark Souls 2 for every, you know, they give with one hand and take with the other. So, like, yes, you have these life gems and they're unlimited, but to make up for that, you know, you only get one Estus. And uh, you're never going to get more than 12, and that's if you scour everything, you know. They do these things to make it, on one hand, easier, and the other hand, harder. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is kind of balanced that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Evan says via contact, the forest of giants is probably my favorite first real zone out of the three demon dark games. The thing that makes this area so great is how well it sets the tone for the rest of the game. 
Dark Souls 2 is bigger and more dynamic than the other two games, combining the feeling of having compartmentalized levels in Demon Souls with the Dark Souls feelings of having to explore and find your way around. The forest is a microcosm of that. The level is very open, with alternate paths and optional ways to overcome some very nasty traps through exploration, but it also has some pretty tough encounters right off the bat. I could gush about just, or I could just about gush about every encounter in the forest, but the high knight in the clearing stands out, because it taught, taught me the same lessons as the first boar uh, in Dark Souls, about crowd management, situational awareness, and the dangers of reliance on blocking, but it did it right at the start of the game. <laughs> After that, I sat back, blew a sigh of relief, and thought, okay, this game is amazing. <laughs> that is that the first point, though, where this um, that first real burst of adrenaline where it's like, I'm, I'm in too deep here where you're trying to mm-hmm. figure out uh, his different moves. And, you know, there's a, there was a point in the battle for, for me more than a few times where I was on the ropes and then there was that damn archer, which <laughs> yeah. I hadn't even got near yet. And so there was a, another one of those Benny Hill moments of just trying to run around a tree. Um, <laughs> yeah. especially, especially when I was, uh, when I was running out of, uh, of, of life gems as well. It was like, shing. Well, the time was like, so here, here's a question about the Hyde Knight. I, I've, I've never died to it. If you aggro him, does he stay aggroed? So if you make the mistake of keeping you know, of waking him up and you die, does he reset to being non-aggressive or is yes. he just always okay? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. CJ, do you want to read uh, Lachlan? Yeah. Lachlan um, by context says, uh, I played the crap out of Dark Souls 1, but never got into PvP. As I was running through Forest of the Fallen Giants for the first time, it occurred to me there were probably a lot of Dark Souls noobs who had never been invaded before, and that I might actually have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like the the Soul Level One thing of uh, the original game, where it's like, right, I've played this game before, and I'm really tough now, so I'm going to hurt you. Uh, anyway, Lachlan continues. Uh, both of my victims uh, from the first set of cracked red eye orbs actually ran away from me, with one running into a group of hollows and getting killed, and the other actually cowering in a corner, facing the wall, hoping <laughs> I wouldn't recognize him. <laughs> it felt great. I was a Dark Souls pro and had successfully terrorized new people. Welcome to Dark Souls, I mockingly said to the second one's corpse. <laughs> That's when you know there's there's an issue, but you're going to save money on therapy because you can, you can speak to the dead. Uh, Locking continues again. Uh, then on the run to the boss, I was killed so many times that the big guy in weird turtle armor, uh, by, the, uh, by that weird guy in... in in the turtle armor that the first few hollows by the bonfire started disappearing and i realized the game had switched to easy mode on me extreme pride followed by damning shame thanks dark souls 2 i missed this (laughs) (laughs) hurt me more (laughs) (laughs) there is that degree though with um uh with dark souls 2 where it just feels like ha i played the first game now i can hurt all the people and uh and and do all the things that i was rubbish at in the first game (laughs) I have had oh. more su- more success with PvP in uh, in Dark Souls two than Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. My record's a little bit better, other than my like dedicated for this point in the game. Like when I got dedicated for PvP for Dark Souls one, I, my record is pretty good. Um, but the uh, my my record is generally better now. I haven't actually done some dedicated playthrough. I'm kind of saving it for closer to when we do our PvP episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll make a PvP build and spend some serious time and all of that, but. The uh, my my I also think in generally I think that's probably because all the new players right. it is a little bit uh, a little bit better. 
And My favourite be... one um, thus far was uh, when I was in uh, Hunter's Cops, and uh, I'd found an area that I'd not gotten near before, which is the the run up to kind of the uh, the pinwheel type boss, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. the really sort of. Uh, small mountain pathways and somebody invaded and started running towards me who was basically bulky as anything <laughs> heavy as anything and was carrying what looked like an ironing board with a handle on it <laughs> I, I hit them twice and they fell off a cliff and it was just this wondrous comedy that sort of this this essential <laughs> god with a with a sword the size of the world comes running at me and then falls over <laughs> Yeah, all all of my PvP so far has been on the on the bridge outside of Iron Keep, just voluntary. Like, oh, there's a sign. I'll use that. Mm-hmm. Throw, throw, throw a Dragon Bro a chance, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. Henry via contact says the giants themselves are the most interesting part of the forest for me. Though I have to admit, I was disappointed at how short they were. When the game talked of them coming from across the sea, I imagined them emerging from the water, Godzilla style. The last giant was also one of the bosses uh, uh, in the series I felt sorry for. His soul description, if I remember right, says something on the lines of he just wanted to go to sleep, but his soul was too powerful for him to do so. One of the fan, ser- uh, fan theories I've encountered was that the giants came from Lordran, or what was Lordran, and perhaps Vendrick stole the Lord Vessel from there or something. Mm-hmm. However, this clashes with another fan theory that Drang Lake is where Lordran once was. Uh, you might talk about this in the show eventually, but I was wondering what you guys feel on the issue. I personally favor the former theory. Um, it's probably a bit much to get into now. Uh, specifically, mm-hmm. I myself don't feel that I have enough information, although I, too, favor the former, um, you know, just because. Yeah, it, it it comes into that thing I mentioned in the last episode, episode about uh, contradictory evidence. Yep. Like there's one very – there's a, a real kind of smoking gun for me that leads to the first theory and then lots of smaller smoking knives and – <laughs> smoking, smoking needles and stuff that lead to the second. Um, smoking I think it's, yeah, there, there are arguments to both. And the only way that I can justify them both being true is space is spacey wacy and time is timey wimey. And I don't want to do that. So right. I'm hoping that I make some kind of connection or someone makes some kind of connection between now and then that mm-hmm. kind of puts a pin in it. Um, but right now I think I former or I uh, also kind of favor the former theory. It also just sounds cooler to me. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there's part of it that's just like the rule of, you know, what the evidence supports and then also what is more satisfying to you. Mm-hmm. And that's a more satisfying narrative to me, right. you know? Um, so there's part of it that's that, but it's also, I think that there's a, a good argument to be made as well. Right. Yeah. That so, was my first, um, my first impression, uh, like you were saying from when Melentia, uh, mm-hmm. first mentions the giants coming across the sea and, uh, especially the, there's a, a distinct lack of anybody, uh, back in Anolondo. Um, that yeah. to me just seemed like a, a connection and a, an amazing visual. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we know those people lit our dodge. So, yeah. um, thank you, Henry. Uh, Jay Fish says via contact: The Forest of Fallen Giants feels like the largest zone in the game. Adding up NPC encounters, bosses, and hidden paths, I believe this is no accident. From uses this zone to reinforce exploration and experimentation. Example. When I first figured out that the wall near the Hag Malentia bonfire was breakable using an explosive barrels on the opposite side, it was a revelation. If you pay attention to nuance in the zone of this game, it will pay you back later. Yeah. Or if you pay attention to the nuance in this zone, it will pay you back later. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not much to add. I, I, I agree with you. They, uh, they do lay out all of their tricks as far as uh, secret stuff. Yeah. Here, so. Uh, CJ, uh, what, uh, what's Corey say? 
Yeah, um, Corey by Facebook says, uh, after dying repeatedly in uh, Hyde's Tower, uh, my friend informed me that I'd gone the wrong way. So I found my way to the Forest of Fallen Giants. Uh, this is where I started despising Dark Souls 2 for all its tiny, minute differences to Dark Souls 1. The reduction and removal of invincibility frames when rolling, uh, how much direction mattered when dodging, how shitty my starting weapon was, a regression to Demon Soul-style consumable healing items, and having to teleport and visit an NPC to level. How fucking slow it seemed to swing my weapon or chug Estus, the depleting health bar after dying. All these things truly bugged the hell out of me, but I worked through it and eventually, after beating the giant and the pursuer with my heart racing in a way that no other series of games can get it to race, I realized I had uh, acclimated to my new reality and eventually fell in love with Dark Souls 2, just as I am with all Souls games, for what it is, not what it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Very well eloquent. Said. Yeah. Mm. I, I'd be willing to bet that Corey played as a warrior. Um, because I, I did as well, and you start with five adaptability, which means that your invincibility frames suck and you chug us to slowly, and all those things are true. Um, but after I pumped uh, adaptability up to at least ten, I noticed a big difference. Yeah, and uh, hmm. and those I don't those think things. I've done anything with that that stat at all. So I might. Yeah, to, I uh, to I like it. Much. Like it, it is it is a it is a kind of a go to for me as far as raising things because it's a uh, you know I like having that that better. You know, kind of more invincible. Like, it just feels different. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it just feels better when I have higher adaptability. And being able to do things quicker makes a big difference. Makes it more effective. Are you, are yep. you quite a, a, a bounce-about, sort of jumpy-type character, then? Yeah, I usually, I usually will light roll or bust um, mm-hmm. when, I, when I play. So, yeah. I, I, I usually don't kind of jump in and do... I usually don't do small weapons, though. I usually try to do light roll, huge weapon. Mm-hmm. So, get in and, and kind of shock and awe is usually what I try to do. Yeah. My, they, my, they, they, they aforementioned the glass cannon as Andy Hamilton of Midnight Resistance yeah. called it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My like my, my default character that I always like gravitate to is a caster who uses as Vi. Mm-hmm. So, so like mm-hmm. that, that, that very much is my is is like my default mode. Like, isn't like, it always fun though to have one of those weapons that people don't expect you to have in PvP? <laughs> a little bit. I, lo- I love that. It's almost like, uh, and in my, uh, I've turned out my pockets, and in one of them there's a pyromancer glove, and in the other one there's a shield. Nothing being concealed. What's this in my back pocket? Oh, it's a, it's a drill. <laughs> one, one of one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite YouTube videos of PvP was a guy on the uh, the bridge in Ulasil who was just uh, parrying everybody. It was like, like he would get somebody in, you would parry, 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 and he's gonna like, oh, what's happening here? And then like at the last one, it parries, and then he, like immediately he switches to the Great Club or like like uh, the gigantic demon hammer, and like mm-hmm. the the the, 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 like, the the editing puts in the yeah from a uh, won't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just, know. I think it's the same one you're talking about. Is that the one where the guy wears the elite knight set and has the Drake sword? Yeah, and try, yeah, that's yeah. He the tries one. to look like a newbie, uh-huh. and then you know he just kind of like dodges and acts like he's you know super scared, <laughs> yeah. and then eventually just parries somebody, pulls out the hammer, and yeah, yeah, and so, one shots him. So I removed the thing that made that video funny in my description. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> there, uh, if you were trying to make it like a spoiler for or not a spoiler, but like a no, no, you know, yeah. no. I, I just yeah. I, I inadvertently I. I I forgot that detail about it that made it funny. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to pose like a newbie. Yeah. yeah. I was that, about to say he was posing as a giant dad, but yeah. mm. something mm-hmm. like that. I think my my favorite hidden one at the moment, which is which is uh, doing me great service in PvP, <laughs> is uh, kind of keeping Firestorm in my back pocket. <sighs> where it's, there'd just be like a, a degree of uh, 
degree of battle or fight, especially especially great to uh, to pull out to those people that that don't bow beforehand, and we'll see that as an <laughs> as an option to get round you and uh, try and backstab. I had one of mm. these the other day, and somebody somebody did that and took off about three quarters of my health, and there was a little bit of like tinky tink tinky tink tink with swords, <laughs> and then um, led him to a stairwell, and it was like ha ha the sword the sword nuclear fire to end the world. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. It was it was coral destruction. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pyromancy is fucking still overpowered in this game. Yeah, yeah. like they have not done anything to. Except Firestorm to... seems far faster to cast yeah. than it would than it was in in Dark yeah. Souls. It took a while to sort of build up there, but but here it's just like instant fireworks. All that they did was delay it by like a level, <laughs> or by like a zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to delay you getting it. Um, yep, yep, yep. So Alex says via contact, the last giant is a great introductory boss that follows a few basic patterns and quote changes forms halfway through. Pursuer, on the other hand, just owns my ass. Still can't beat him without summoning. Notable deaths, feeling pleased with myself that I managed to dodge the ballista trap and then getting absolutely mopped by t- by two hander swinging hollows before I even finished IRL fist pumping. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Like, uh, bup, 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 dodge. Yes. This part. No, no, no. <laughs> I love that. I love the thought of somebody sitting on the couch and just being sort of concentrated on the TV, like barely even breathing, just holding on to the pad. It might as well just be a photograph for the amount of twitching that they're doing. And then, <laughs> and then sort of like just the fist pump goes off. I mean, it's mm-hmm. sort of some some sort of Czechoslovakian animation where they've just animated the arm and the rest <laughs> of it's just the still frame. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, JR says via contact the forest of fallen giants was a weird place for me when I got there a good 10 hours into the game (laughs) uh, I had already been in areas far more interesting visually and mechanically so the blurry greens and brown coupled with the undead foot soldiers just kind of left me bored of course that's excluding the moment when a dude fully decked out in an intimidating armor set carrying a sack full of things to kill me uh, with was dropped down from above by a giant eagle in the middle of a big empty platform. That I died immediately. Sound like Cylon Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Better watch out. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the last giant was also pretty awesome, if not the hardest of boss fights, a common occurrence in Dark Souls 2. Aesthetically very unique for a Dark Souls game, the last giant actually feels a great deal like the average Demon Souls boss. Not very difficult, but the cool art and sound design make it not even matter. Plus, the part where he rips his own arm off and uses it as a weapon equals badass or metal. Um, <laughs> I added that aside. Hmm. All in all, I didn't truly appreciate the Forest of Giants itself until later in the game when you get the thing that lets you do the stuff with all the things. <laughs> 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 Won't say too much more, but what I will say is this. The lore. The lore. Indeed. Um, yeah, and, and I would encourage you to apply that thinking, like I said, to the, the boss fight as well. Like, Every a lot of the things in Dark Souls 2 that seem too easy or too simple on first blush are recontextualized. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an intentional thing. This kind of layered, you know, building, you know, just in in the actual narrative and in the theming, like building on top of what came before, you know, palimpsest, palimpsest, uh, palimpsest, um, palims, pal. Palimp- what's that band? Palimpsest. Uh, what? Yeah. There's a <laughs> shitty band. Uh, that sounds like that. It might actually be called Palimpsest. Huh. It's super twee. They just do covers <laughs> of things. I hate them. Okay. Um, Pom- Pompaloose. Pomplomoose. Oh, is the name d- of that band. yeah, yeah. Grapefruit. Yeah, those guys. Those guys can 
suck my dick. Um, <laughs> that just sounded like they were, they were trying to name their band by blowing bubbles with bubble gum. Yeah, plump a plump Yeah, put yeah, that P-L-P-L-P-L-S-P-L. on a t-shirt, P-L-P-L-S-P-L. dude. Oh wait, are, are you talking about uh, uh, oh, pen- pentatonics? No. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what pentatonics. I'll, I also hate that. It's they, they do acapella covers. It's the worst thing. Oh yeah, stop. <laughs> um, yeah. Ugh, ugh. What a weird like the the intersection of acapella and colleges. <laughs> Like, that's such a weird thing. Like, that will never be useful or appreciated in real life. Like, there's this four-year period in your life where there could be – I think um, my friend Zach went to went to Brandeis University, and he at some point there was an acapella group for every nine students <laughs> or something like that. Like, what is going on? Like, wait, for what reason? Do you, think, do you think somebody knows something that we don't? As if, as if this now cuts to the end of the world and there's some sort of giant demon. And, and the, the, the last, the, the last people are going like, is there anything that we can do to, 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 to barter for humanity's life? And the demon goes, do you know any songs in acapella? Yeah. Like, the world is saved. God only knows what I'd be without you. Yeah. Seriously, when I was in show choir, we did an acapella version of Carry On My Wayward Son. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah. Right here. Right here in River City. Um, all right. Uh, Anywho. <laughs> Who's Jimmy, would you like to read Rob's? Yeah, uh, Rob of my contact says, uh, first of all, it took me a while to find my way here. Uh, I'd gone the shaded wood route first. Dear Lord. <laughs> then towards the tower flame. Oh my God! I can't have been the only person that didn't see that switch for about eight hours. Yep, I was I was hunting I was humping walls, sort of trying to look for <laughs> secret entrances. It's like I appear to have pulled some bathroom cord um, before eventually stumbling in the correct direction. I love the visual design on the coastside area uh, below the pursuer, pursuer arena. There's ruined giant statues, the huge sword buried in the wall. Fantastic stuff. Last Giant didn't prove to be too much trouble, but good grief, that pursuer. So many hosts died, uh, but it was great to experience another thing I'd not really seen in previous games. Thanks to co-op. The sharing of tricks, i.e. the the ballista, uh, and then spreading that knowledge to as many players as possible. Super satisfying. Thankfully, I'm still uh, yet to have been hit by a carelessly timed ballista shot. Um. I love the pursuer's smoking red eyes. Saucy. <laughs> um, they're the same as when you equip uh, the red eye ring. Oh. Interesting. Uh, does this mean pursuer is the complete opposite of stealthy and that he likes his, his targets to know when he's coming for them? Hmm. Well, Interesting. Like I've never, never used that red eye ring. Oh. I never noticed that. That's fascinating. Makes good sense. I mean, you know, part of his shtick seems to be intimidating you. So, so yeah, yeah he, he might yeah, not he, care if you see him coming. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't, did not know that. Hmm. Hmm. Andrew says via contact, I find this to be one of the most interesting areas in the game because of what it implies about the giants. In Dark Souls, they were primarily slaves and guards. Go was uh, the only one with some autonomy, uh, though even he is endlessly slaving away making carvings in Ulysseum. One thing they all have in common is that their faces are hidden, from the gatekeepers and sentries in Sen's Fortress to the cathedral guards in Anorlando. And even long after the fall of Gwyn and the demise of Lordran, they are still standing sullenly at bay, serving their long-gone masters. Do they even have any free will? 
In Dark Souls 2, the giants are pissed. They're invading a different nation, which implies that maybe this isn't the same landmass, but who knows, it could have been millennia. And they are clear, uh, and they clearly have some autonomy, though none of them display any, uh, any intelligence and seem to be incapable of speech, unlike Go or the blacksmith. Uh, but it's clear that they aren't slaves. More importantly, we finally see their faces. Big, giant, hulking holes into nothingness. Uh, when you first meet the last giant, it's a frightening sight. I initially thought it must have uh, been long dead, withered and hollowed, but you actually encounter them later during the spoilers. Uh, you find <laughs> <laughs> you find out that no, this is just what they're actually uh, what they actually look like. Did Gwyn and the other lords subjugate the giants and outfit, the, outfit them in majestic armors that fully hide their faces and make them seem less frightening and human-like to the populace of Lordran? There's a contradiction here, since the skeletons in the Tomb of the Giants have humanoid skulls. But uh, it says a lot about the relationship between the lords and the giants that even after their deaths, they are merely dumped into a hole to be forgotten, their spirits eternally tormented and bloodthirsty. In Drang Lake, they finally get their revenge. Yeah, mm. a lot, lot to think about there. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it does remind me of the Tomb of the Giants Giants, yeah. which I totally forgot about in our like trying to get straight what a giant is yeah. discussion. <laughs> oh, that's shit. There's a fourth giant, potentially. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I definitely made those connections that you never see the giant's faces mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in Dark Souls 1. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I think that there, you're, you're, that all that evidence contributes to one side of an argument that I like that I'm not totally convinced by, but I do like, mm-hmm. and uh, is one. Of, those are all things I thought of as well. Right. So, lore. Chase <laughs> um, Greenlee says via Facebook, facing a new Souls boss is always a fun experience, and by fun I usually mean horrifying. You never know what to expect when you pass through a fog gate, and Dark Souls Two took that presentation to a new level. The Last Giant was a great way to kick it off. The pulsing red vignette of the screen combined with the a faceless creature being awoken from a notably long slumber had me stammering, I'm sorry, I'll just leave now. <laughs> no, really, don't get up. <laughs> um, the pursuer was certainly impressive as well, but the glowing red visor made me think I was fighting an armored version of Cyclops from the X-Men. Certainly not bad, but it did take me out of the moment a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Could have been worse. You could, you could have uh, thought of the pursuer as uh, as having a voice like Kit from Knight Rider. So, <laughs> so just like this 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 sort of floating armored creature is just like it's time for you to die now. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to float towards you like a ballerina and swing my sword. What is what is that thing about having uh, robots that sound like they're on the Hollywood squares? Uh, <laughs> Like in the seventies, like there's this whole like you know we need to have our robot sound kind of like Uncle Arthur from <laughs> no, like, Bewitched, like Paul Lind. Yeah, like why why do robots have to sound like this? Like, oh, I'm sorry, I, honey. It looks like you've sinned. I'm gonna come after you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, not so, but like you know, kids were like, I don't know if that's a good idea, Michael. Like, there's this weird like smarmy, and it, it it it's a it's a gay voice is what they're what they're doing, um, you know, and and I wonder what that is about the. <laughs> The whole like gay robot voice from the seventies and eighties. Yeah, C three PO. I think there's a horror yeah, film C-3PO? to be made there with somebody hunting, hunting somebody down and going like, "I can easily find you in this house," you know. Yeah, just yeah, it's such a weird, uh, such a weird stereotype. You know, like I mean, obviously all stereotypes, uh, you know, any kind of homophobic stereotype, I'm against. Yep. But this one seems weird enough that I'm more <laughs> confounded by it than offended by it. <laughs> like, like oh, you know, gay gay people are robots. Like, or your know, robots are gay? Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I guess. I, you know, I don't understand what that means, but, you know, whatever, bigot. 
I, I, I want it to be noted. I was just doing a Paul Lind impression, not like a stereotypical gay man. Yeah, yeah, that's a specific stereotypical gay man he's okay. impersonating. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, CJ. Yeah, uh, Samuel via Facebook says, I don't feel like the Forest of the Fallen Giant lives up to Undead Berg. And the route from Firelink to the first bonfire, you learn multiple important things. One, dudes with ranged uh, will ambush you and make your life hard. Two, if you rush up to the ranged dude, there will be another hollow to ambush you. Three, groups of enemies are pretty hard to deal with, so pull them away from the mob. Four, Turtling enemies, like the spear hollows, can be easily dealt with by a swift kick to the shield. Five. You will encounter fucking massive enemies in this game. <laughs> Great use of fucking. Uh, the word, obviously not. Um, <laughs> Your Six. parents had a great use of fucking by creating you, <laughs> is what CJ was saying. What is happier, Arhan Samuel? Yeah. Yeah. You're a great it's use the, of fucking. It's the, it's, the, it's the compliment that never stops. All of our fans are great uses of fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So, Love you all. Yeah. Uh, Six. There are secrets to be found. Uh, all of these things are learned in the first part of the Berg, from Firelink to the first bonfire. Now, compare this to Forest, Forest of the Fallen Giants. Uh, up until the first bonfire, you learn uh, to pull switches to open doors and how to deal with two hollows at a time, while the third shoots you. That's it. And now, from the first to the second bonfire, you don't learn much more. The enemies are the same. There are no real clever ambushes, and it seems like the main difficulty comes from enemy numbers, not placement. This is a weak start to an area, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, part of that, I think when you say, like, when you... Divided up into the area between the beginning and bonfires. One thing to note is that if you, once you get to the forest of fallen giants proper, the first bonfire is like 20 feet away. Right. Like the way the space works is different. Bonfires are, because of the teleportation system, bonfires are punctuated differently. So the space between a bonfire is not necessarily comparable, uh, between the two. But also, like a lot of the same things are on display. Like, you know, the, that part where you say where you rush up to that archer, there's a swordsman there. Mm-hmm. to ambush you if you you try to deal with the, the ranged combat. And there is an archer harrying you when you're fighting, you know, the two people. Like, it's, you know, the same, that, that same thing is happening. You don't have that dragon encounter that you're mentioning, you know, that mm-hmm. fucking huge enemies mm-hmm. in the game. But most of the other stuff seems like it happens. Like, yeah. if anything, I would almost disagree and say that this takes a, almost a little bit too much from, like, like, I like it. I think it's a great, like, starting area. But I think it, you know, when you kind of start looking at the lessons it's teaching, it almost seems like it is sticking too slavishly to, uh, Dark Souls 1. Right. I think it's a longer learning curve. I know that they, they wanted to make it a little more approachable for, for new players. And I think it, it certainly doesn't throw you in, in the, uh, at the deep end in the same way as the, as the first game does, for, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there are very definite lessons that it, that, it, that it tries to show the new player. And whilst they might not be as, uh, as, as obvious or as, as ferocious, particularly as, uh, as Dark Souls 1, I think that the lessons are definitely there, but they're possibly more considered and, uh, and further laid out to, uh, so that nobody feels like they're out of the depth and maybe are turned away from the game as, as, you know, as, as happened a few times with the, the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the uh, to the just funning section, you know, for stuff that's you know kind of off topic. Let's uh, let's go right into what Ryan says via contact. He wrote in saying that uh, Dark Souls Two is uh, his favorite game, but he's never played uh, Demon Souls, and he wants to he wants to know from us which he should do first: Demon Souls or Dark Souls Two. 
Uh, if he goes with Demon Souls, he risks having Dark Souls 2 spoiled for him in the interim while going with Dark Souls 2 means that Demon Souls will feel that much more dated uh, when he gets to it. And he finishes with, do you guys have an opinion? If not, I'll be forced to confront the fact that I'm a grown-ass man asking two strangers over the internet <laughs> which of two incredibly similar action RPGs I should play first and watch as the last vestiges of my tattered dignity drift away on the breeze. So if you guys have some input, that'd be cool. <laughs> well, I'd hate to have that happen to you. Yeah. Right. Um, I'd say demons first. I think yeah, that the spoiler, yeah, the spoiler risk is as high now as it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to get worse as you, you know, the time it takes between now and you finish the game. Like all that information is already out there and being right. discussed as evidenced by this podcast. Right. Um, so I would say demons first. Mm-hmm. Um, not least of which because it does, you know, it is like a little bit more, it's not extremely more primitive, but it is a little bit more primitive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not setting yourself up to feel that way, you know, is, is helpful. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think I would say I would say playing demons will give you some appreciation of the stuff that they do in Dark Souls too. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. There's actually a lot of kind of references to it and yeah. and contextual like gameplay kind of things that call back to it. Yeah, the great plus it's a it's a it's a classic, and whilst um, whilst it's it, it will be difficult for a lot of people going f- going from Dark Souls to Demons because it was the step before. I st- I still think that uh, that sense of design absolutely sings. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is enough to, to differentiate Boletaria and, and the world that's there from, from dark, um, and, you know, get more people hopefully clamoring for a, for a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. They're both excellent. I mean, Demon yeah. Souls is, is an excellent game. Like you should 100% play that. Yeah. Like every, every Souls fan who likes Dark Souls should probably buy a PS3 and play Demon Souls. I know a lot of people that have done it though as well. That they they they've fallen in love with Dark Souls to such a degree, and you know I've had say an Xbox 360, and they bought a PS3 just because Demon Souls has been haunting them. Because essentially yeah. it's you know it's a it's another game, it's another world, and it's yeah. that that investment has uh, just seems incredibly important to them. Yeah, out of games I've played on my PS3, Souls games comprise forty percent <laughs> of, of the games I've played on my PS3. So. <laughs> The uh, uh, you know I'm definitely in that that book so that's what that would be my our vote mm-hmm. I think Ryan yeah. um, and finally uh, Josh Grimmer says via Facebook it's not really about the force of the fallen giants but every news article about Dark Souls two begins with a paragraph about how hard the game is that reminds me of Dennis Leary describing a mean truck <laughs> which is a reference I don't understand uh, no. Dennis Leary does voiceover and he appears in Ford truck commercials oh, okay <laughs> yeah so it's in like it's tough as steel. <laughs> but I picture him in like you know no cure for cancer. It's like you got yourself you got yourself a, a seaside town. You go there. It's like nope, big fucking zombies. Okay, like, <laughs> like, God, I hate I hate that every article like like the way that this game is packaged for somebody reading Joystick or for somebody reading on Gamespot or whatever is like everybody knows that Dark Soul is hard. Okay, big fucking yeah. you. And it's like just just find a different way to write about this fucking thing, please. Yeah. yeah, the 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 whole brutally difficult bullet point. Just yeah. if if I had a go, it would it would get it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just also it's just kind of boring at this point. It's the same way, like you know, growing up being a fan of They Might Be Giants, like mm-hmm. every review was like they're quirky. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> they're quirky. It's the silly band. They're silly. And it's like, well, but, yeah. say something else. These- you know. I find the other side of it, though, for for me, that um, I'm far from the greatest game player in the world, but um, the fact that it's not a, a, a preset difficulty uh, that I'm either good enough to uh, to get past or not, that um, 
I can I can try different weapons. I can try leveling up. I can uh, I can try new armor. I can try going somewhere else first. There's so many ways to approach uh, a problem, and everybody mm. does it diff- uh, differently. That's which is what makes you know the the discussions and watching let's plays such fun that I'd say if anything, it gives you more scope to. Uh, to be yourself and find your own play style and basically make it as difficult or, or as easy as you want. So mm-hmm. I, for me, I've, I've found the opposite's true. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a, not one of these uber skilled gamers, but I just find something really relaxing and, and compulsive about figuring a way around a problem. Yeah. Agree there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you everybody, uh, for your responses. Um, if you have things to say about Hyde's Tower of Flame or the Blue Cathedral, um, please get in touch with us through duckfeed.tv forward slash contact mm-hmm. or on the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com forward slash bonfireside chat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, until next time, CJ, where can people find you? Uh, people can find, uh, myself and my friend Paddy at twinhumanitiespodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at at Coffee Jesus with a Z in the middle, and the Twin Humanities uh, Twitter is simply uh, Twin Humanities. Mm-hmm. So uh, please come visit us and uh, listen to Twin Humanities too. Yeah, indeed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have plenty of shows on the network. You can go to DuckFeed.tv to see them. Um, additionally, uh, if you'd like to support our podcasting efforts, you can go to DuckFeed.tv slash TipJar and use that, uh, use that link, uh, to the Amazon, uh, store and we get a little kickback and that goes a very long way towards helping, uh, cover the cost of getting this show to you. And it's very Indeed. much appreciated. Yeah. And if you wanted to, uh, we don't always say it, but if you wanted to follow us on Twitter, um, my Twitter handle is at Gary Buh, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. Mm-hmm. And I am at Cole Ross. That is K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. It's spelled super weird. Not super weird. One letter off. Yeah, I mean, it could be be like a Q. That that could be way weirder, (laughs) Cole. Yep. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's not like an alien pronunciation of it. It's it's pretty much the only other option. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The second way you think. Yeah. There are are nine other Coles in America, according to a website that I saw. Um, Hunt hunt them all down. Yes. To steal their power. No, no. So uh, like, I've, I, I see only one. <laughs> I see people write in uh, spelling it C O L E, and I, I've, I don't want them to get frustrated trying to find me. So I'm clarifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and every time you guys do that, dead. it pisses Cole off. <laughs> Doesn't piss? <laughs> okay. If I got, if I was still pissed off at the age of 26 of people misspelling my name, like I, yeah, nope. <laughs> so, um, I can roll with it. It's cool. I just want you to be happy, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you're all uh, good uses of fucking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that's not an internet meme. <laughs> yeah. all right, make it happen, people. There we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, do we have anything else to say? It's been, we've been recording for a long time. Yes, we have. Nope, I uh, I feel pretty good. Thank yeah. you. Thanks again, CJ. Yeah, no, thanks, thank CJ. Thank you very much for having me again. It's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a real pleasure. Yeah. It's great to Perhaps. be back. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure to have you. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, until next time, uh, seek misery. Lest this land devour you whole. Hmm. And also enjoy some deleted scenes. Umbasa. Umbasa. <laughs> Hello. Hey, what's up? Not much. I aspirated some jerky, but I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I was hmm. eating some jerky just now, too. Hmm. Jerky bros. Yeah. I don't mind <clears throat> having a little bit of jerky. Yeah. A jerky in the morn barn. Yeah. I went with store brands, which... Hmm was a cost-saving measure. As opposed to hunting down your own elk. (laughs) Yes.
yeah, creating human jerky offshore. Yeah, a little bit. I just and I still don't have a compass for it. I, gra- I grab whatever's on sale, and uh, some of it is uh, it has a level of moistness that I'm comfortable with, which makes it a little little bit easier to chew. Um, yeah. Where, whereas the store brand is like shoe leather. Yeah, it, de- it depends. It, well, it depends. Like I, 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 as a low carb eater, I'm a jerky connoisseur. <laughs> um, and the name brand is not always best. Right. For example, my favorite jerky to buy, both from like a, a cost perspective and a uh, texture perspective, is the generic Target jerky. Oh. The 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 red like packaged Target pantry jerky is pretty moist. Which yep. I like. Like, it's not going to last, you know, it doesn't need to last for a year. You know, it's not just, I'm going to eat it in a day. Right, you're not it's a frontiersman. Jerky. Yeah, it's a jerky. Like, I'm going to eat it really quick. So it doesn't, you know, that extra moisture is not going to affect me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just got the perfect level of uh, moisture. Yeah. That's just good. And then the time when I make it, because I've got this dehydrator, I occasionally make jerky. Mm-hmm. Um, I do thick cut because, again, it's not going to last forever. Right. So it doesn't get quite as, I mean, it's still, you know. It's not going to kill me. It's still dried out, but it's not also not going to last for years. Right. It'll last like three weeks, which is plenty of time. Yeah, hmm. I just I like to avoid a Jack Links because it yeah. is uh, because it is too gummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, gummy is a different a different thing. Like I get like my favorite jerkies kind of taste like you're just kind of eating meat. Yeah, it's like a steak you know? strip kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. a steak. Yeah. Hmm. Ugh. And pepper is a plus. Yeah. Yeah, I like a pepper, I like a teriyaki, hmm. I like a spicy. Yeah. Um, Jerky boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had kind of a late night, and I just now, you know, I've been having breakfast and kind of doing my morning stuff for the last 45 minutes or so. Mm. I'm still a little bit groggy, but get up to speed <laughs> with my, my coffee, so. Yeah. That's uh, that's normally the best time to do stuff. Yeah. 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 And the amount of the amount of times I've been I've been writing or uh, I've, I've kind of gotten into to doing things uh, first thing in the morning when the subconscious mind can uh, can take over the one that just goes no that's <laughs> foolish yeah this, oh, this podcast this... is gonna get real weird I'm gonna talk about <laughs> my dad a lot guys yeah um, <laughs> <He> censors down <laughs> yeah. mind you we did we did rather rock the weirdness last time so it was pretty cool uh, yeah. although it made me smile when uh, because last time we were talking about uh, things like cul de sac of destruction and we were building a um, a sort of Monsters of Rock festival, and uh, it made me laugh um, when I was listening to it recently. And you, you were you were looking at Dark Souls Two and going, "Yeah, that's metal. Yeah, that's metal. <laughs> Is it metal or not? Yeah. yeah, most most things are metal, yeah. or, or at least if you think think of them in in different ways that uh, or different phrasings that you can uh, you can find a way to make the metal. Yeah, tilt the camera a little bit. You got metal. Or yeah. add on of destruction at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that'll do her. Yeah, cul-de-sac maybe not so much, but uh, yeah. depends on depends on the residents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happens once, and all of a sudden you're pressing X on every wall. Yeah, it's just like smoothing down the walls, like yeah. you like you like you like you're grooming it for something else. It's just yeah. like Leader. X X X X I like to think that my character is actually saying the word X as he, <laughs> as he smooth, smooths a crotch down the wall. <laughs> yeah, just walking along, following with the wall on his right hand side, just knocking every step. 
Yeah. As if that's getting back to the king, like uh, this, uh, this, this chosen one, this cursed. What's happening? Well, he seems to be sexing us up quite a lot. I'm gonna fuck your kingdom, vendor. Fuck the whole thing. It's almost Every. like the uh, what is it? The Jason right. Mewes thing uh, years ago when Kevin Smith said, uh, "I knew, I knew we were going to get along." When he walked into the store and filleted everything that that he could possibly fillet, <laughs> and I just imagine it's like yeah. that with just like running running a crotch down the wall <laughs> with, with the dimensions being so permeable every time that you rub your crotch on the wall another chosen undead is rub the crotch on the same wall <laughs> yeah. like there's, there's probably like just a whole lot of you know it's a good good thing that you're you're already dying because you're yeah. gonna catch so, some, some real fantasy stds so you're saying that every <laughs> single area in drang lake is like a hotel room yeah, if you were to take a blacklight, if you were going to get like the staff of blacklight and just hold it over your head, the entire thing would just glow. That's just, what that glitch is in the uh, in the the No Man's Wharf. Oh yeah, is the uh, everything glowing with with cum? <laughs> cum. <laughs> Why? Okay, so every wall has a stripe at crotch level, huh? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it looks like a Why guide stripe. That? That's not good to do that. Are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man! Yeah. It's, you can imagine this this drama is just uh, with. I don't remember my my wife, my family, anything that happened before now. I don't know really what quite to do with my life anymore. But strangely, this this, this feels rather good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he you forgot. Really... It's a whole. It's a whole group of people who have forgotten how to masturbate <laughs> and then they're all discovering it at the same yeah. time by rubbing their dicks on walls yeah no yeah. what what is this uh what is this curse is it is it a lack of memories is it a uh, foregoing your own life i i, I think it might be thrush, <laughs> it might be thrush. <laughs> that's why a lot of the hollows that you run into especially like in the beginning of uh, are just humping the wall yeah, like they, just humping they, the same wall. Like those guys that you run into on the way into uh, 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 Hunter's uh, cops are just sitting <laughs> against the wall, just kind of slowly. You know, yeah. they're not looking for secret doors anymore. Like this is the prize. Mayhaps, mayhaps curse. Dost thou have a yogurt? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we discovered the secret. Yeah, yeah. The secret in every wall. Passageway. Well, that's, that's Dark Souls two rinsed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, done and done. Yeah. <laughs> The next yeah, week, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter's Cops is just a euphemism for an itchy crotch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or like oh. a really, really bad strip club. Oh, or like yeah. a really, like a particularly foul prostitute. Like oh. that would be really funny. Just, uh, just walking, walking through a door to uh, what you think is going to be a boss encounter. You just hear, "She's my cherry pie." <laughs> 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 so uh, it's like the boss fight in Alpha Protocol, um, <laughs> where that, that actually happens. You, you uh, see Melencia on a pole, and like, good God, no. <laughs> I'm blind! You wake up with a bad case of the Tower of Flame. <laughs> Return oh. to his galley. <laughs> yeah, he's having connection problems. I fucking hate Skype. I can now see sort of a, a line that's going up towards his beard. Yes, in the in the kind of god picture, it looks like some sort of anti gravity spittle. <laughs> He's spitting up into his forehead. <laughs> That's somebody else's spit, and it's trying to climb in my mouth. I'll have none of this, Microsoft, and your crazy internet telephones. You bought this and ruined it, Microsoft. <laughs> um, it was fine before the spittle. <laughs> And we all pray that we will have far more soon 